This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Morning. How is everybody this morning? Hey, I am having a bit of a flashback. Uh, I remember going to my grandfather's house when I was a little kid. He had this great big eight-person kitchen table and this little tiny TV that was like six inches. It's kind of what it feels like this morning. Uh, He had a very special TV. He only played the Chicago Cubs and Bob Ross with the big poofy hair. And I'm just going to make a little tree here. Just a little happy tree. That's what it was. Happy tree. So, uh, you know, it's great uh, when everything works and you got the big screens and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, sometimes that just doesn't happen. And just like at my uh, growing up, my, some of my best memories are sitting around those tables. God can still move and work here today, and we are celebrating that. Uh, and so we want to just take a moment, and I want to encourage you uh, as we get started to uh, pull out. You, you have a Connect card here. Uh, and if you want to uh, fill that Connect card out, we would love to have one of those from you today. You can uh, fill it out. And at the end of our time together, uh, the ushers will come by and you can drop that um, card in, that Connect card in the offering basket. If uh, you don't get it filled out before then, uh, no worries. There are a couple of baskets as you walk out these main doors and then the double doors as you kind of exit to the parking lot this morning. Uh, that Connect card's valuable, uh, not just to let us know that you're here, uh, but you can also tell us about prayer requests, uh, decisions that you've made, things that you might want us to know about. Maybe you want to volunteer in some area. Uh, all of those things you can mark on that Connect card. So please take a moment uh, to do that today. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor. I forgot to uh, tell you all of that. And I want to just pray for us this morning. Lord God, we just want to say thank you. So thank you for all the people who worked so hard this morning to try and make things work when they just didn't quite want to. God, we want to say thank you for uh, the wonderful worship that we've already had. And God, we want to say thank you for what you are about to reveal to us. God, we ask that in this moment right now, you just begin to prepare our hearts all across this room. Because I know you have something you want to say to me. You have something you want to say to every person gathered here today as we open up your word. Please, God, help us to be ready to hear from you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well, uh, welcome to week number three uh, in this series called Getting Past Your Past. Getting Past Your Past. And um, the past isn't something that we only read about in books. It's not something we just see on the History Channel. We have a past And it's often not some passive part of our life. It's something that shapes us. It shapes us and forms us. And um, many times, it's something that holds us back. It's one of the things we've been talking about. That's why we've been talking uh, about this series 
for the last several weeks is that we've been discovering how our past can hold us back, how it can act like an anchor sometimes in life. One um, professional counselor said it this way, often in life, our greatest enemy, our greatest enemy isn't a person, it isn't some external obstacle, it isn't some impossible situation, those are the things that our mind normally goes to, they say it's our internal struggle with our past. You probably didn't need some uh, counselor to tell you that this morning. You probably just needed a few honest moments looking back at some hard situations in life. Some things that friends are going through, some things that you've gone through. And, and, And when we look at these difficult times of life, we can see how strong the grip of the past can be on us. How can just reach out and just hold us back? This isn't just a me problem. It's not a you problem. This is kind of a, a universal human problem. This idea that the past reaches out and holds us back is a human problem we all face. And it's something Jesus has a lot to say about. He's got a lot to say about uh, getting past our past because that's precisely what he wants us to do. Or to put it even better, that's what Jesus wants to do for us. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks, just real quickly, here's a couple of things we have talked about. In week number one, you might remember, we talked about labels Labels that other people put on us, labels we put on ourselves, and how those can uh, act like anchors that hold us back. Maybe those uh, labels got put on us when we were in high school or when we were younger, and we still carry them with us. And what we talked about was how we need to replace those labels with God's labels for us. Labels that say things like, you're loved. You're cared for, you're valued, that God has plans and dreams for you. And the challenge of week number one, the challenge that scripture gives us is quite simply this. Believe what God says about us, about me. I'm going to believe what God says about me more than anyone else. More than I believe the labels of anybody else, more than I believe even the labels I put on myself, I'm going to believe what God says about me. That's week number one. In week number two, we had our family worship. It was great to have kids in with us, and we talked about forgiveness. We talked about forgiveness and how, you know, there are times where we have all been wronged and we've been wronged and we carry some bitterness, we carry some resentment with us. And the antidote to this that Jesus prescribes is forgiveness. The definition we gave uh, forgiveness last week was simply this. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the, the question we tried to, to answer about forgiveness last week was, why do we forgive? 
And when we open up the Bible and when we really try and ask that question, what we see time and time again is that we forgive because Jesus forgave us. Because he forgave us, the scripture tells us that again and again, that that's the motivation for forgiveness. In short, people who have truly experienced God's forgiveness, they can't quite help it. They uh, extend that forgiveness to other people. Forgiven people forgive people. Another powerful tool God uses in moving us past our past is he calls us to be peacemakers. Peacemakers. That's what we're going to be talking about today, being a peacemaker. And and the command that Jesus gives us uh, to be peacemakers is found in the Beatitudes uh, in in Matthew. And, And number seven of eight, blessed is the peacemaker. Sometimes when uh, we read scripture, we quickly kind of, we get to that one. We think, oh, we're going to write that off. I, I know what that means. I got that all figured out. And we wrongly associate peacemaker with a description of someone who avoids conflict at all costs. That's far too narrow. Far too narrow of an understanding of what a peacemaker is. This week I read about uh, a man in Georgia who didn't like the political landscape. And so his response was this. He, uh, he stayed home as much as he could, turned the TV off, kept the internet uh, uh, down, or turned the internet off. And then when he had to go outside, he put these headphones on and a sign around his, set, his neck that read something like, uh, I don't know the news, I don't, don't want to hear about uh, any news updates. He just wanted to kind of block it all out. Now, sometimes we get that, but it's, it's not much of a way to live. It's kind of a ridiculous example. But too often... That's the picture sometimes we have in our minds of being a peacemaker, a peacekeeper. In other words, we're going to avoid uh, conflict. We're going to uh, pretend what's uh, going on isn't really going on. We're going to put our head down and we're going to uh, not have those difficult conversations we know we need to. That was not Jesus' model. It's not how Jesus showed us. It's, it's a harmful, even dangerous way to live. Uh, the news uh, this month in, in, the, in recent history has been just kind of riddled with examples of how that's a dangerous model to live, avoiding the difficult topics can have catastrophic results. Saw this several times. We saw it in the uh, terrible culture of avoidance and secrecy in the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania. We saw this uh, in the lack of accountability at Willow Creek Church in Chicago and the abuses of a power there. We saw this closer to home in the Ohio State football program and uh, misplaced loyalties. All full of examples full of examples of people 
who uh, wanted to avoid maybe a, a difficult conversation, didn't want to get the courage up, and so they just kept going along the way things had been going for some time. They didn't want to see the brokenness before them. And I'm sure in so many of those situations, they thought they were keeping the peace. Just keeping uh, things going the way they had been going. But what I want to help us see today is there's a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Jesus calls us to be a peacemaker. I love how the New Living Translation uh, prescribes this uh, or uh, describes this verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. That's where uh, the beatitude is listed. Blessed are the peacemakers in the New Living Translation. I don't know if you can see it, but it says this. God blesses those who work, who work for peace. God blesses those who work for peace. What I love about that verse is it turns, uh, it rightly puts the emphasis on the action. Work for peace, being active, not avoid Not just kind of keep things going the way that they have been going and kind of maintain the status quo at all costs. Work for peace. If we look to the life of Jesus, we see this uh, happening again and again. He's the, the ultimate peacemaker, right? He came to earth to help us make peace with God uh, so that we could make peace with one another. He shows us not only how to live with God, but how to live with one another. And yet when we look at Jesus' life, he did not avoid conflict. Just a couple of examples this morning. In John chapter 2, Jesus goes into the temple. He finds it flooded with merchants, with kind of some deceitful practices happening. And he's frustrated. He's so frustrated that he grabs some ropes and he makes a whip and he drives out the merchants from the temple. Not passive. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 23 if uh, you want to try and find that verse this morning. Matthew 23, just the first couple, uh, first four verses. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, verse 2 here, the teachers of law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and they put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. If you kept looking on in Matthew, you'd see he lists out all these woes for Pharisees and uh, um, the teachers of the day. Again, Jesus doesn't avoid saying the hard things. 
He doesn't avoid it. In fact, he goes into, again, if you look at it through Matthew 23, you're going to see him kind of listed out for a chapter. He seeks justice. He seeks accountability. And he's not afraid to ruffle a few feathers along the way. This list could go on uh, much longer than those two, but I think you get the point. Jesus is at the same time this perfect example of a peacemaker, and he's also this person who isn't kind of just meek and mild and just uh, letting things go as they always have gone. He is this active peacemaker. bottom line is this. If you're someone who is trying, someone who is trying to model their life, their heart after Jesus, we have to hear. We have to hear his call on you, on me, to be peacemakers. That's part of who he wants us to be. And peacemakers, they don't ignore issues so that they won't be inconvenienced. Peacemakers, they don't try and smooth things over without really getting to the heart of the issue because it's easier. Peacemakers don't remain silent on topics because they're too hard. What peacemakers do as they put themselves even in the middle of conflict sometimes. Jesus commands us in John chapter 15 when he's giving final instructions. Just before his crucifixion in, in John, he's giving uh, the, the disciples some final instructions in John 15 verses 12, 13, and 14 this morning. He says to his disciples this, My command to you is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. Now in our suburban American culture, we probably don't, um, won't face the decision to literally lay down our life for a friend. But if I'm going to be a peacemaker, I better be willing to serve others. I better be willing to lay down my own preferences. I better be able, uh, willing to put someone else's needs above my own. If we're not doing those things, we're probably not serving the role of peacemaker that God has placed on you and on me. Maybe you're saying this morning, but I'm just, I'm just one person. What can I do? Nobody's listening to me. We all have influence. We all have influence in family and friends, at church, at work, on social media. We might not have the largest voice, but we can have a voice. 
And part of the the point of of the faith, or at least what should be the point of faith, is our voice isn't alone. We join with our brothers and sisters. We can demonstrate care for people. Have real conversations. Point people towards Jesus without being overbearing. And the issues that we address, they don't have to be political ones. Is there somebody in your family, somebody at work, somebody in your school, someone who needs a little bit more kindness? Have they experienced some kind of wrong and they need somebody just to listen to them? Maybe to speak up for them be a voice for them when they don't feel like they have a voice? Is there a picture of somebody that that popped into your mind this morning? Is there a scenario that kind of came to the forefront? Maybe that is God's call on you to be a peacemaker. Pastor Craig Rochelle, I think, so beautifully describes this idea. This idea of being an active peacemaker. When he challenges this church, and he's talking about this in a different context, but I think it applies here because he challenges his church to be first. He says be first, and and this is what he means by this. The first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest, the first to forget the happiest. Now, now that we have seen the kind of the difference between being a peacekeeper, letting things kind of go, avoiding conflict, and being a peacemaker, actively seeking justice and mercy and reconciliation. This morning, let's talk about some steps we can take to be peacemakers. Steps we can take to be peacemakers. And uh, to do this, I want to go back to that phrase. Be first. The first to apologize is the bravest. The first to forgive is the strongest. The first to forget the happiest. What I love about this quote, I've carried this quote with me for quite some time, honestly. And I haven't always been first, but when I have, my marriage has been better. When I have been first, my relationships with other people, they've been better. When I have been first, I have more, I have lived out God's call on my life to be a peacemaker more than before. This quote, it turns something that I tend to think of as kind of passive, reactionary kind of ideas. Apologizing, forgiving, forgetting. 
turns them around and makes them active. Something I should be seeking. Something God calls me to not just a, a kind of let happen in life, but God calls me to look for opportunities to be these things in my relationships. First here, the first to apologize is the bravest. When we think about that term in terms of uh, our relationships, in terms of peacemaking, the, the kind of the interpersonal relationships, the implications are clear. We have a fight. There's some discord in my family, in my friendships. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to take ownership for my own poor attitude, for my own poor actions, and to ask for forgiveness. We have to be able to do that as peacemakers. We have to own own those things, own those actions, those attitudes. This is such a powerful place to start when you think about being a peacemaker because when I feel like I've been wronged, when there's uh, some tension in a relationship, when we we tend to get hyper-focused, on everything else that person has done to us. We give ourselves all kind of grace, all kinds of grace. We say, ah, I was tired, I was really upset, I didn't really mean those things. But we don't extend that same grace to the other person. That same positive light If we're going to be a peacemaker, we have to be willing to see the other person's perspective and apologize again for our own poor attitudes and actions. Beyond kind of the interpersonal stuff, even when we're starting uh, to find ourselves in some kind of tense moments, when we begin to find ourselves in those times, maybe we don't have to have something we think that we need to apologize for yet, but the other lesson we learn here is to simply enter those moments with some humility. Enter those conversations with some humility. We so often have this misguided notion that the more right we think we are, the louder and and the more overbearing we need to be to get our point across. That's not how a peacemaker does it. Second one we see here is the first to forgive is the strongest. We talked about forgiveness Last week, last weekend, um, the definition we used for what forgiveness was was this. Forgiveness means giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Give up my right to hurt you for hurting me. That's something that peacemakers do. They forgive They don't simply kind of wait for somebody to ask for it. They are looking for ways to forgive. 
They're not uh, passively, half-heartedly kind of granting forgiveness. They are looking for opportunities to extend the forgiveness that was given to them. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus tells his disciples to do something for their enemies. Does he tell them to crush them? Does he tell them to run them down, to humiliate them? Jesus says, pray. Pray for your enemies. Finally, the first to forget is the happiest. Forget here doesn't uh, mean pretend that nothing ever happened. Forget is a way of saying, move forward. That's what peacemakers do. They move forward. They move forward to some kind of new wholeness, some kind of new day. Now that new day, it might have a whole kind of different boundaries than the old way of life, but there's an effort. There's an effort to move past something, to move forward to some kind of restitution. Restoration. Sometimes conflicts, disagreements, they go on and on, and people just dig in, and they dig in further and further until each side digs in so far they can't remember why they're mad in the first place. Peacemakers see those times. They see those times and they say, you know what, I'm going to be the one to move forward. I'm going to move the one, I'm going to be the one to make the first move, even if I'm moving on my own. So this week, my question for you is, will you take the challenge to be first? Will you take the challenge to be first, to be the first one to apologize, to be the first one to forgive, to be the first to forget? Those are some fantastic steps to being the peacemaker God calls you and me to be. We pray for us as Daniel comes, prepares to lead us in a final song. Lord, it is not easy to follow your example. And so many times, it it just kind of goes against so many things that are natural in us. For instance, this idea of being a peacemaker, this idea of not just avoiding conflict, God, but this call you have on us to seek justice and mercy. And... and God, we pray that as we think about your example, your example in scripture that was so much more than just being reactionary and passive, God, we pray, Lord, that you can help us to be active to really be a peacemaker someone who seeks peace someone who seeks to forgive someone who seeks to forget 
God, help that to take place in our hearts today. Lord, if there are things in our, in our heart, in our life that we just simply need to let go of, that we are holding on to, that maybe nobody else is, God, help that to happen. If there are areas in our life in, in which we see an injustice, uh, uh, someone who's being hurt, help us to carry that burden. That burden for them. Help us to follow your example. In your name we pray.